0: Turn your Bibles to Psalm 128. Today we'll be finishing, we'll be finishing the, this beautiful psalm. Let's read it in its entirety, and then I'll pray. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. Your wives shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Your children like olive plants. Would you allow us to do that by the power of your Holy Spirit? In Jesus' name, amen. This psalm is one of 15 songs of ascent. I see a lot of visitors here today. Uh, Welcome. Uh, My name is Joshua. I'm one of the pastors here. But uh, to catch you up, uh, we've done two, ser- two sermons, two messages on this chapter already. But again, this song is a song of ascent, and there's 15 of them, starting from Psalm 120 all the way to 134. And these songs of ascent, we really don't know exactly the meaning of them, but we know, at least most most scholars agree, and most commentators agree, that these were songs sung on the way, as the men would go up, three times a year, up to the temple. And they would sing these songs as they would get closer and closer to the temple, um, and they would sing out as men. And so it really is a psalter within the psalter, these 15 psalms. And they're beautiful. They really paint a picture of of your head, Painting a picture of your head as, as, a, as a pilgrim is, is making his journey on to Jerusalem. And he probably starts off by himself with probably his servants. And as he's getting closer and closer to the temple and trekking along the temple hill, there's other men joining with him and the roaring sound of these men singing these psalms. It's a beautiful picture. The journey to Jerusalem... Was not a merely religious one. It wasn't mundane. It was a deeply spiritual one. They were going up to meet with God. They were going up to remember the works of God in Israel. And you can see the the deep emotion, the spirituality in these psalms. They have deep emotion of, of repentance of sin, right? As they go to worship God, they're, they're asking God, and like in Psalm. 120, in my distress I cried to the Lord and he heard me deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. Right? We see a a dependence on God in these psalms. Psalm 125 says, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but abides forever. There's songs of great joy, joy to Go to the temple. Joy to... They can't wait. There's there's anticipation of what will happen when the people gather to worship the true and living God. Psalm 122 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. This anticipation, this joyful heart, eager to get to Jerusalem, eager to get to the temple. There's a spirit of brotherhood. We see the famous psalm Psalm 133 and these songs of ascent. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil from upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon, descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the, command, the, the Lord commanded the blessing, life forever. So our psalm today is really a, a, can, be paired, can be paired with Psalm 127. And they really paint a beautiful picture of God's blessing to those who fear God. How will God bless the one who fears God? How will that look? How will his life look? How will his family look? How will his nation look? This is our chapter today Our this beautiful psalm that we just sung. And so... You see the, as we read it, you see this, this picture. You, you, you paint a picture probably in your mind, right? The fruitful vine and the olive shoots. It's a beautiful picture, beautiful imagery. And it really is the Deuteronic blessing that Pastor Steve uh, um, read, right? From Deuteronomy chapter 28, right? That you're, you're needing bull shall be blessed. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the field, right? It's, this really is a picture of that. Of how the man, the one who fears God, the one who obeys him. His life will be blessed and we all do that right we all envision our lives we all envision our future right so you think of the classic the little girl who's dreaming about her wedding or dreaming about you know her future house uh, where she can plant a garden or whatever right uh, where's, where's deacon uh, Deacon Daniel yeah, the other day he was he was mentioning to me how he envisions himself in a house at the with with picket fence and he would he would uh, you know start his his grill and and you know light the charcoal and he was telling me this and he was like I was like yeah that's a beautiful picture we all do that in some sense and really as the the, the uh, an Israelite man is singing this song you can see he's he's envisioning his life he's saying God do this in my life I want this and that's a beautiful thing and so. We've covered already the first three verses in two messages. First, we did verse 1, which was the foundation of divine blessing. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord and who walks in His ways. God blesses those on at least these material blessings, these temporal blessings of a family, of blessing in the land. And it's on the basis of fearing God, walking in His ways, obeying Him. We talked about what does it mean to be blessed by God. We talked about what exactly is the fear of the Lord. And we've recorded that message uh, probably back in April or, or May. Um, but if you want to hear that, you can let me know and I'll get that to you. And then we talked about the blessing of a fruitful household. And that's a, a, a need in our day, right? We see the culture trying to destroy the family, destroy uh, the nuclear family destroy marriage pervert it by, by um, promoting gay mirage right I say that on purpose gay mirage yeah. trying to infect the minds of our children in schools so we see the blessing of a fruitful household right when you eat of the labor of your hands you shall be happy and it shall be well with you your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house, your children like olive plants all around your table. We see fruitful, this, 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 this home that is just abounding in fruit. The fruit of the hands, the fruit of the wife, and fruitful children. Beautiful. And here we come to our last three verses. Verses 4 through 6. Now we've entitled this message, Blessings Abound. right? The blessings keep coming in this psalm. They keep abounding. So let's begin. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. This is a repetition from verse 1, but it really, he adds this, behold, this word behold. The old King James has this expression of, lo, lo, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. It's this idea of behold in wonder, behold in amazement, look. How God blesses the man who fears God. The scripture often commands us to forget not the benefits, right? Forget not all the benefits, Psalm 103, right? But here it's almost like he's saying, behold all the benefits, behold all the blessings that is available to you in Christ. Behold. That's something that we should do constantly, Right? I'll talk about that later, but beholding the works of God in our lives. Not forgetting what God has done in our lives. Behold. Thus shall, or some of your versions might say, surely shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. And this is obviously, a, 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 a he's speaking in general terms. Not everybody will be blessed in this way. Not everybody will have... Um, The blessings of their neighbor or or, or everybody here, right? In God's providence, you're in different seasons. You're in different, you have different, um, you know, seasons and moments in life where God blesses you in different ways. Some of you might not have a Christian spouse. Some of you might not have a spouse. Some of you might not have grandchildren, as it says in verse 6, or even children. But this is the way, generally speaking, God blesses. And we should call it good. We should say, that that's, that's, that's great, and we should seek it. I don't think it's bad to want it and to say, Lord, I want this. But where it becomes bad is where we demand it, right? You put that before his will. We say, my will be done. We shouldn't do that. So God blesses us in different ways, right? Think of a, a wedding banquet, right? Uh, uh, usually there's a ceremony and then a, a banquet or reception after, right? And so after the ceremony, uh, the guests are waiting uh, to enter the reception area, and some hors d'oeuvres are passed out, right? And they're delicious, right? And not everybody will eat the hors d'oeuvres. For some reason, you know, they just won't. And maybe there is some wine or champagne or some cider for us Baptists, right? Or for some cider uh, 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 passed out. But not, perhaps not everybody will enjoy that for some reason. But nobody will miss the banquet. Nobody will miss the reception, right? In the same way, in the Christian life, there's Christians that will enjoy some blessings. Some Christians will not enjoy some blessings. But nobody will miss what matters, and that is to be with our Lord in his presence. And so, who, behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. He shall be blessed. Some of your virgins might say, happy. He shall be happy. He shall be blessed. And we talked about that in verse 1. Now, again, it's on the basis. It's conditional. He fears the Lord. And it's not to say that all the blessings we have is say, Oh, I have this because I fear the Lord. No, it's a grace from God. Amen? But God does respond to our obedience to Him. He rewards that. And we saw that in Deuteronomy 28. Excuse me. <clears throat> so, We see it also in Ephesians 1, right? Uh, 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 Ephesians 1, where it talks about all the blessings, all the spiritual blessings are yours in Jesus Christ, right? And so really the, 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 the true blessing is not materialistic. It's not, it's not a temporal one. The, the Christian has an eternal blessing, a, 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 a spiritual one. He has Christ himself, the very presence of Christ. What does Jeremiah 9, 24 The one who boasts, let him boast in this, that he knows what? The Lord. He knows the Lord. And so, verse 5 says, The Lord bless you out of Zion. The Lord bless you. And don't don't skip over that. Look at those, those two people groups or these two persons in this sentence the Lord and you. Think of the great chasm, sorry, the great chasm that's in the middle of the Lord and you. How how different you are from God. This word Lord is capitalized, right? L-O-R-D. It means the covenant name of God. It's Yahweh. It's Jehovah, the true and living God. Think of the chasm between you, the true and living God, and you, who the Bible says you're made of dust. You're finite. You're human. And then look at the word in the middle. Bless. The Lord bless you. It would be so right. It would be so just and right for it to say, The Lord judge you. The Lord condemn you. Because we're all sinners. Vile sinners. The Lord exile you. Or maybe something neutral like the Lord puts up with you. (laughs) But it says bless. The Lord bless you. Christian, don't lose the wonder of our standing with God in Christ Jesus. We have blessing, eternal blessings with Christ. We're adopted into the family of God. We have a seal and a promise in the Holy Spirit. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of Christ. The Lord bless you. The Lord blesses you. What a condescension from God. He owes us nothing and yet He gives us everything in Christ. The Lord bless you. That stirs up my heart. This implies God's graciousness, God's kindness. As I mentioned, His condescension. Remember in Genesis 12, I'll, I'll turn there. In Genesis 12, when he calls Abraham, there's other parts in the Bible where God gives, he gives a description of the man whom he calls, right? Noah was a righteous man. Job was a perfect man. He was a righteous man. But Abraham, we don't, doesn't say anything about him. Just says he gives the, the descendants of Terah, right? Abraham's father, and then in verse in chapter twelve, he begins. Now Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. How would you respond to something like that? Just out of the blue, God comes up and says that to you. I'd be like, who, me? Right? Me? Who am I? What a wonderful thing that God chooses to bless. Sinners. Jesus, the the song, what is the song? Jesus, friend of sinners. We should respond in utter amazement at the blessing of our God. There, there, there's, no, there's no reason to grumble and complain. There's no opportunity if you're if you have this perspective. Well it says the Lord bless you out of Zion. Out of Zion. What, what is Zion? Right? We read it in Hebrews 12 right now. Or Mount Zion as it says in 125.1. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. And really in these songs of ascent, Zion is repeated often and often. And it's really used throughout the Bible in several ways. Sometimes it could mean Jerusalem. Sometimes it can mean the temple. Sometimes it could mean the temple hill. The hill that the temple is sit upon. At times, it can mean the church, as it is in Hebrews 12, right? But you have ascended to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, right? And sometimes it can mean heaven. It really is where the presence of God abides. And so here, I believe, it's talking about the temple, which they're on their way, I believe. They're on their way to go enter. It says, the Lord bless you out of Zion, from this dwelling place of God, as you enter into the temple, may the Lord bless you from Zion. Look what it says in Psalm 131, verse 4, 13. The Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for His dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provisions. I will satisfy her poor with bread, I will also clothe her priests with salvation. You see, this is temple language. We also see it in Psalm 134. Look at this. Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. So the people are there at the temple talking to the priest, they're talking to the servants. Bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who by night stand in the house of the Lord. That's the temple. And then in 2 it says, Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. So in this temple there's blessing to God. And then in verse 3, The Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Zion. In the temple we bless God and God blesses us. The temple is a place of just exuding blessing. Even in Psalm 135, verse um, 31, 21. Blessed be the Lord out of Zion who dwells in Jerusalem. Blessed be the Lord out of Zion. Blessing to God from the temple in Zion. And here in our text, it says, The Lord bless you out of Zion. And we, we, we experience that even today. We come to church and we come to what? To worship God, to bless God, to sing to Him, to extol Him, to honor Him. And in return, we come out of here a blessed people. We come out of here full, energized, commissioned to go throughout our week blessing the Lord. The Lord bless you out of Zion. So how does He bless from Zion? Well, He could be talking about the Blessing in number six, right? The Lord bless you and keep you, make His countenance shine upon you, right? That that blessing, right? We could also spiritualize it and say, "It's all the blessings, right?" And say in Ephesians one, all the blessings are ours in Jesus Christ. you have time this week. Read Ephesians one and see what is yours in Christ Jesus. Or the immediate context, I think it's talking about what um, comes after. May the Lord bless you out of Zion. And may you see the good of Jerusalem. And may you see the good of Jerusalem. Verse 5 and 6 is really a benediction, right? A benediction simply means a good word or a word of blessing, right? The Lord bless you out of Zion. May May you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. But here we see that, and, and I think it is extended to the man who fears the Lord, will see, in general, right? Will see the good of his nation, the good of Jerusalem. This word good, I think some of your versions say prosperity, right? Prosperity. It's the Hebrew word, which means good in the broadest sense, Right? Good in the broadest sense. We could say, may you see the well-being or the welfare of Jerusalem. Right? What kind of good? What kind of prosperity? Well, it's broad, right? It can mean many things. It could be wealth. It could be the, a strong army, the defense of, of, of Jerusalem. It could be the spiritual good of it. Right? The piety, the, 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 the obedience aspect of Jerusalem. But I really think this is an, a logical outflow of our psalm's uh, progression. In verse 1 we see the man who is blessed. The individual who is blessed. And if the individual is particularly written to a father, right? If the father is blessed, if, then his home will be blessed. Right? We see that, right? You guys with me? And if his home is blessed, and if there's a lot of homes that are blessed in the nation of Israel, then what will happen? Israel will be blessed. It's a natural progression. Right? That's why it's so important. I mean, fathers build culture. Fathers build homes, and homes build culture. That's just how it is. It's not to say our wives are not part of that, our children are not part of that. But mainly God, this is, God chooses leaders. We, we have uh, uh, this design of God. And this is what I see here. If you fear God, and hopefully the brothers that you're going to worship with are also God-fearing, and hopefully their families are blessed, if there's a lot of that, then our nation will be blessed, and you'll see the good of Jerusalem. You'll see the good of Jerusalem. And any Israelite would desire to see his nation flourish. Not only desire it, but long to see it. Amen? And I think it's good also for us to see, to want to see our nation prosper. I don't think there's anything bad about that. Well, Josh, you know, my citizenship is in heaven, according to Paul, right? Amen! Paul did say that. But he also says in Romans 9, he has a heart for his fellow Israelites, He wants them to believe in Christ. He he says, I wish I was accursed, right? "I, I wish I was cut off from Christ, that I might see my brothers, my kin, be saved. In the Bible, we see God dealing not only with individuals, but he deals with nations. He judges nations. But he also blesses nations. He also forgives nations. Think of Jonah, right, and how the, uh, the, the word was preached in Nineveh, and what happened? Everybody repented, right? Even the, the, the cows repented. <laughs> That's what it says, right? And we see God forgiving nations. John Owen, uh, 17th century theologian, Puritan, he would often preach um, to the parliament in England, and he would have sermons, Uh, many sermons that he would give before the government. One of his sermons uh, that I read is God's presence with the people as the spring of their prosperity. Think about that. God's presence, and he, he applies the verses from Israel to any nation that would fear God. He says, oh, I had a quote. Let me say it. He says this a great concern or concern, a great concern of any people or nation is to know that all their prosperity is from the presence of God amongst them, and to attend to that which will give continuance thereunto. Isn't that wild? I mean, I I was reading these sermons, I'm like, wow, where are the preachers today preaching to our local government? We saw a great example of John MacArthur of, uh, I think it was this year or last year. He wrote a, a letter to the Governor of California, right calling him to repent, calling him to turn from his wicked laws of, of abortion and, 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 and all these things. I think we should promote that. Well, Josh, are you a Christian nationalist?" right? The buzzword these days. I'm whatever John Owen was. <laughs> I want to see. Where I live, Christianized, and I don't think that's bad. I've, I certainly, I'm not a pagan nationalist, right? I'm not a secular nationalist. We know there is no neutrality, right? You're either with God or you're either with the devil. I want our country to repent and turn and acknowledge Christ as King. I want to see abortion abolished. I want to see dragged drag queen story our outlawed i want to see gay mirage not being promoted and shoved down everyone's throats i want to see a nation that is blessed by god and i think you should too may you see the good of jerusalem much more could be said about that. I don't want to go off into a rabbit hole there. But clearly there's also a spiritual fulfillment to the good of Jerusalem as well. We know that a prosperous nation isn't guaranteed, right? But a victorious church is. And the church is the heavenly Jerusalem, according to Hebrews 12. read Galatians, those that are in Christ are Israelites. We are the true Jerusalem. Those that have faith in Christ. And God is building up His church. We're seeing God work in His people all across the world. right? We see a prosperous church and God is wanting His church to prosper and it will prosper. Perhaps America won't, but His church will. And that should encourage you. So you should see the good of Jerusalem. And not just reformed churches. Amen? And we, we got to get rid of that you know in heaven there's not going to be uh, uh the reformed section and the the pentecostal section that we laugh at no right no there are brothers there's pentecostal brothers and baptist brothers and presbyterian brothers and assemblies of god brothers in reformed doctrine we have the doctrine of the invisible church right there's a visible church which is this the one that we see, the one that we can touch and feel. But there's the invisible church where it is the pure elect of God. And that is global. That is past, present, and future. All the believers in God, the ones that will be in heaven, those that is the invisible church. And so we'll see this church flourish. And so it says. You shall see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. This promotes a... It talks about a, a full life. A complete life. A long life, we could say. Again, and generally speaking. Right? There's commandments with this promise. Anybody know what commandment? You shall live a long life on earth. The fifth commandment, right? If children... What, uh, if we would uh, honor our parents and so I think uh, all, all the days of your life is directly tied to verse 6 it says yes may you see your children's children may you see your children's children and surely this is a blessing right seeing your grandchildren and I speak out of uh, not obviously I'm not a grandpa right But um, I see it in my parents. I see it in my in laws. Right? The blessing of being a grandparent. Right? There's joy there. There's genuine joy. Right? My parents are able to say yes to everything for my kids, right? Grandpa, I want this, I want that, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and when it's time to say no, and it's time to discipline, go back to your mom and dad, son. Right? (laughs) Right? That's how it is. Proverbs 17, 6 says, Grandchildren are the crown of the aged. Grandchildren are the crown of the aged. It is a blessing. This is a true blessing. And probably some of you are just anticipating that moment, right? right? you're done having babies and now you can't wait to, you know, have grandbabies, right? And it really is a blessing to go to that age and see your children. Your children's children, right? The blessed man in our psalm is a happy man. For he knows that the Lord's blessing will continue in his family tree. That's obviously implied, right? Obviously, it wouldn't be a blessing to see your child, to see your children's children be lost. To see your children's children become, to, 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 be, to become wayward of the walk of God. But he's a blessed man. He knows that God would bless his future family tree. And this is how God works through generations, amen? Now I've, I've had a firsthand experience of this. Again, I'm not a grandpa, but I am my grandmother's son. Her name was um, Maria Guadalupe Villaseñor. She was, I'll give her a little background. She was an, an orphan living in the streets of, of, of Mexico. And by age 17, she had two kids and was pregnant with my dad. And she met my, my grandpa, or my step-grandpa, you could say. And they came to Tijuana. And they had a bunch more kids. I think in total, nine of them. Um, and they were very poor. So my, my aunts and uncles would recycle bottles. And one day, they're, they're looking for bottles. And so my aunt found, my, my aunt found a, a, a new, what is the um, Jehovah's Witness translation? New World Translation version of the Bible. Uh, she found it in the trash. She said, oh, look, a Bible, you know, a New World Translation. And so she takes it to my grandma. And my grandma didn't know how to read. And so she would call her friend to read the stories of the Bible because she, it was something about them that would give her a lot of peace. And she went with the Jehovah's Witnesses to, to learn, you know. Well, they says Jehovah's Watchtower there, so she goes to the Watchtower... And by the grace of God, something just didn't click. And so she goes with the local pastor. He preaches the gospel to her, and she was saved. And all my life, I saw my grandma pray for her children and her grandchildren. This legacy of faith and faithfulness that she has given me and many of her grandchildren. Over 50 of them and her great-grandchildren. And that should be a vision we have. This idea of seeing our children's children. There's a beautiful song called "May They Find Us Faithful." Some of you might have heard it. It's Steve Green. And It's all about those that have gone before us. And the chorus is, "May they find us faithful. May our, may our grandchildren in the future find us to be a generation that was faithful." Right? You want something to convince you to not sin. Think about your grandchildren. Amen. What would what, would, what would little Johnny say about this? What would he say about what do you think about his grandpa if I told him I did this? What a beautiful blessing. May you see the your children's children. So with that, he ends with peace be upon Israel. This general hope. Blessing, prayer, we could say. This goes back to the good of Jerusalem. He wants to see peace upon Israel, his nation to prosper. Similar words are in Psalm 122, verses six and seven. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls. Prosperity within your palaces. Right. There's this longing that Israel will be a place of peace, and it's those that fear the Lord that will have peace, especially in a new covenant sense. Amen. Christ said, "Peace, I leave with you. My peace I give to you." And we see the 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 same words in Galatians. Six sixteen. It's almost as if he's thinking of Psalm one twenty eight. This peace in Israel. Galatians six sixteen says, "And as many walk according to this rule, right, the fear of God, peace and mercy be upon them, and upon the Israel of God." Which I believe is talking about the church. There is definite peace in the church. Our God is King. Our God is sovereign. He is upon the throne. He has promised us that His church will prosper. His church will continue to be built. There's nothing that can separate us from His plan, from His will. And so that, therefore, that produces peace in the life of the Christian. And so, finally, some words of application. I think the only thing we should ask is, Do you fear the Lord? That is the foundation of all these blessings. Do you fear God? How do I know if I fear God? I would recommend to you John Bunyan, the treatise, his treatise on the fear of God. In the library we have it. And there's a beautiful section where he talks about where does the fear of God flow from? Where does it come from? And he gives many places of where it comes from, but one of them, it flows from a new heart. It flows from a converted heart. A heart that has been renewed. A heart that was a heart of stone, but it was removed and was the man was given a heart of flesh with new affections. And that heart fears God, wants to know God, wants to love God and obey Him. Do you have that heart? Have you been born again? Have you died to your sin, died to your old nature? Have you been lifted up from death, lifted up from sin by faith in Christ? Do you know Christ? Do you know Him to be the perfect Savior of the world, the one who can forgive sins, the one who can cleanse the heart with His precious blood spilt on the behalf of His sheep? Are you born again? Do you know God? How do I know if I know God? Well, look at your affections. Do you seek to know Him? Do you, know, do you seek to, for Him to know you? Can you withstand a day without, without acknowledging Him? Do you wink at sin? And call it, oh, it's, it's, it's just, it's just a, a little sin. It's just a little lust. Do you want to be around the people of God? Do you love the brethren? Pastor Aaron's going through 1 John, right? We're going to see all the, the evidences of the Christian of the one who is born again. And to hear that you say, yeah, I I fear the Lord. I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. That I would say, grow in the fear of God. Set God and His majesty before you daily. Meditate upon His word. Lift up praise through Him all throughout the day. Take heed of the beginning of sin, John Bunyan says. The moment you feel it creep up in your heart, repent of it, turn from it, Make no excuse for it. And if you do fall into sin, don't wait to repent. Repent quickly and turn back to the Lord. And so finally, I'll leave you with Psalm 115, verse 12 through 15, which is kind of a a repetition of of the end there of our psalm. Psalm 115, verse 12 says, The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both great and small. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. Let's pray.